अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांगमनसगोचरम आत्मानम अखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धये आई टेक रिफ्यूज इन द सेल्फ द इनडिविजिबल द एक्जिस्टेंस कॉन्शियसनेस ब्लिस एब्सोल्यूट बियॉन्ड द रीच ऑफ वर्ड्स एंड थॉट एंड द सबस्ट्रेटम ऑफ ऑल फॉर द अटेनमेंट ऑफ माय चेरिश डिजायर we were on text number 152 i think um let me just read it out we have done it i think we have read through it but i'll just start from there because we missed a class last time so the gap is quite a bit and uh, we tend to lose track of what we were doing so this is text number 152 visheshana visheshya bhava sambandhastu yatha tatraiva vakye स शब्दार्थ तत्काल विशिष्ट देवदत्त अयम शब्दार्थ तत्काल विशिष्ट देवदत्काल विशिष्ट देवदत्त चान्योन्य भेद व्यावर्तकतया विशेषण विशेष्य भाव तथा तथा अक्ये तत्पदार्थ परोक्षिष्ट चैतन्य पदार्थ अपरोक्षिष्ट चैतन्य चान्योन्य भेद व्यावर्तकतया विशेषण विशेष्य भाव सो दिस इज वट वी डिड लास्ट टाइम द सेकेंड रिलेशन ऑफ विशेषण विशेष्य भाव इज दिस द सेम सेंटेन्स दिस इज दैट देवदत्त द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड दैट इज देवदत्त एक्सिस्टिंग इन द पैस्ट एंड द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड दिस इज देवदत्त एक्सिस्टिंग इन द प्रेजेंट दे आर कॉन्ट्ररी आइडियाज बट दे स्टिल क्वालिफाई इच अदर सो एज टू सिग्निफाई अ कॉमन ऑब्जेक्ट similarly in the sentence that thou art that the meaning of the word that is consciousness characterized by remoteness etc and the meaning of the word thou is consciousness characterized by immediacy etc they are contrary ideas but they still they qualify each other so as to signify a common object okay that <laughs> sounds like gibberish but actually it's not very difficult what we are trying to do here is to understand the great sentence mahavakya tatvam asi that thou art which is the essence of advaita vedanta and if you wanted to say advaita vedanta in one sentence it would be that thou art and we know enough by now to me we understand that what they mean by this is that i am brahman i am that ultimate reality in some way i am that ultimate reality i am not this little person or at least not just this little person but the thing is it's not that simple when we take up the sentence that thou art we see to understand that sentence we have to go through quite a bit of trouble actually um when we take up the sentence we are, we are told that we are we have to go through three steps a process with three stages or steps in order to get the final meaning that you are brahman to get that meaning we have to go through these three steps why what are these steps why do we at all have to go through that um as we go through the steps or these stages we realize the importance of these stages the, the three stages or three steps are um samanadhikaranyam number two first one is samanadhikaranyam the second one is visheshana visheshya bhava and third one is lakshya lakshana bhava translating into english it means the first one is that all uh, that they have a common locus number one number two 
the adjectival relationship. Number three, the uh, implied meaning relationship. I'm giving a very rough translation. What is going on here? It's a semantic grammatical exercise. Note what we did earlier till we started all this, what we did before this, the superimposition and desuperimposition, which was, which was more metaphysics and epistemologic. But now from, from there, we have moved into grammar and sem uh, semantics because now we're trying to understand a sentence uh, that thou art. What's going on here? The first step will be in a sentence, there are many words and words mean things. So if, if I have a word like book, it means this. In Sanskrit, the word, uh, Sanskrit for word is pada. And the uh, Sanskrit for the object meant by the word is padartha. So the word is book and the object is this thing. So in Sanskrit, the pada is um, book or pustaka in Sanskrit. And the object would be this thing. Padartha would be this thing. So the word and its object. Now, all the words refer to the same object or do all the words refer to different objects? That thou art, uh, we all know it must refer to one reality, Brahman. That's our whole project. Advaita Vedanta is to point to one non-dual reality. You are that one Brahman. We are talking about one non-dual reality. Non-dual itself means without a second. So there can be no second object. But the problem is um, words mean different things. So generally in a sentence, when you have multiple words, uh, I have a book in my hand. See, I've used so many words and each word refers to something else, something different. I refers to me, book refers to this, my hand refers to this, in my hand refers to a relationship. So each of these words means different things. And if that thou art, those words meant different things, then you can't have non-duality. So the words, do they mean the same thing or do they mean different things? Are they all pointing to the same locus, same adhishthana, which is adhikarana in Sanskrit? Or are they pointing to different things? And we, saw, we solved that problem by showing that there are some sentences in which um, you might have different words, but they all mean the same thing. So uh, this sentence is also like that. Uh, that thou art, tattva masi, uh, I am Brahman. In such sentences, all the words mean the same thing. So that means the same thing as thou means. And this is called a samanadhikaranyam, a relation, special relationship. And the relationship is between the words. Words of what? Words of the sentence. The samanadhikaranyam, padayoho samanadhikaranyam. Between the two padas, the two words, there is a relationship of samanadhikaranyam. Which means, basically all it means is that um, a sentence, many words, but one thing they are all referring to. Then the second step to process this is, is that how are these words related? Yeah, they all refer to one thing, but how are these words related? They are different words. So how are they related? They are one and the same thing. They are, they are, they are intimately related to each other, but how? Usually the way it works is when multiple words are related to one object, often it is an adjectival relationship. Like a, the classic example that is taken is a blue lotus. Blue lotus, um, the two words, blue and lotus, actually mean the same thing. Lotus means this lotus flower. And blue means the blue, this blue lotus flower. And blue doesn't mean a blue sky or a blue shirt or anything. It means this lotus flower. So the second relationship which we have to apply here to understand 
the relationship between these words uh, it's actually called visheshana visheshya bhava and this is a relationship which is between the objects between the objects so uh, blue lotus when you say blue lotus and visheshana visheshya bhava the adjectival relationship this is the second stage the adjectival relationship is not between the words blue and lotus it is between the meanings of those words the objects blue the color blue and the flower lotus what are we trying to say that the flower lotus has a blue color it's a blue lotus lotus is a flower it's an object it's in, in a philosophical language it's a substance and blue is a color a color is a property properties stay in substances they are located in substance the technical word is that in here they inhere in substances so um blue cannot hang in the air by itself it must be in some substance so the the relationship is um substance and property substance and property what's the substance uh, flower the lotus and what's the property blue it's just a fancy way of saying the lotus is blue so this is the second relationship blue lotus and uh, how does this work what we just read is just a fancy way of saying how does this work what it does is um when you say blue uh, and when you say lotus they work in what is called um annyonya vyavartakataya that means they mutually work in to mutually exclude other alternatives i'll repeat that how does this go how does this work they work to mutually exclude other alternatives what do i mean mutually exclude other alternatives it's pretty simple actually um when i say blue lotus when the word the moment i say blue it means you it um, yellow lotus is excluded and the red lotus is excluded the white lotus is excluded all other colors are excluded except blue so blue means it excludes all other colors and when i use the word lotus that also works in the same way it excludes every other blue object except the flower so when i say lotus i am excluding blue sky blue shirt blue pen all that it means is this lotus blue lotus so the word blue when you use the word blue it excludes all other colors when you use the word lotus it excludes all other blue objects except um the blue uh, lotus itself so what are they doing when they work together they mutually exclude all other options nobody thinks in this way uh, if you ask fetch me a blue flower and there's a plate of flowers and fetch me a blue flower nobody is thinking now i must mutually exclude all other alternatives and then select but that's what we do actually that's how we locate something when you specify give certain properties that's how we locate uh, we narrow down the options and select one thing so this is the second uh, relationship visheshana visheshya bhava and remember all of these we are applying to what to the sentence that thou art let's not forget let's not be confused with blue lotus or the other example so i am devadatta this is that devadatta and so on um, those are examples all we want to do is understand that thou art now uh, one more step is remaining and that is called lakshya lakshana bhava implied meaning um, how does that work we will see in the Uh, 153rd text by the way 
at this point, some of you may be, if you're following carefully, you may be a little confused. Blue Lotus is fine, but that thou art doesn't quite function like a blue Lotus, right? That thou art, that means, let's remember what do the words mean, that and thou. Thou means simply you, I. It just means this fellow Sarva Priyananda, thou. And that means God. In, in our Vedantic terms, consciousness qualified by Maya. Maya upahita chaitanyam. Consciousness qualified by Maya is the meaning of the word that. Just as when I say book, book is a word, it means this object. When I say that, in the that thou art, that means God. Technically, be more specific. What does God mean in Vedanta, Vedanta Sara? Maya upahita chaitanya. Consciousness plus Maya. Consciousness qualified by Maya. Consciousness limited by Maya, let us say. You can put it another way also. Consciousness empowered by Maya. Consciousness is up to all these games and mischief because of Maya only. It's empowered by Maya. Maya is the Shakti. So uh, consciousness plus Maya, consciousness qualified by Maya, whichever way you put it, that is the meaning of the word that, tat. And what is the meaning of Tao? Uh, it is consciousness limited by ignorance, a part of Maya. Agyana upahita chaitanyam. Or more specifically, uh, vyashti agyana upahita chaitanyam. Consciousness limited by an individual ignorance. You can say, what is this individual ignorance? We have studied it all. You have no right to ask that. All of this we studied with the, uh, in the, when we are talking about ignorance having a total aspect, ignorance having an individual aspect, all of that we saw. Now, when you say blue lotus, blue lotus is not a problem because a lotus can be blue. Um, blue is a color, lotus is a flower. So why can't they go together? It can flower has a color. It can be a blue blue color, blue blue lotus. But that and thou can they be related like that, like a substance and a property? Is it God qualified by me, or am, is it I qualified by God? Who is the subject? Who is the substance here? Who is the property? Who is the noun here? Who is the adjective? It doesn't make sense. This this second relationship. Adjectival relationship, visheshana visheshya bhava doesn't make sense. Correct, it doesn't make sense. We will see that later. But before that, he will mention the third uh, relationship, which is the final step, um, implied meaning, lakshya lakshana bhava. What is this relationship between? It is the relationship between the sentence that thou art and pure consciousness. The sentence that thou art will point to pure consciousness. Lakshya lakshana bhava means pointing. Implied meaning, which is the pointer, the sentence. And what is pointed? Pure consciousness. Why are we saying pointing? Why aren't we saying that it denotes or says? You can't say it. No, no words can objectify that, that reality. So these words can only point to it. Or in Sanskrit, lakshya lakshana bhava. Lakshaka means the one which points out. Lakshya means the implied or pointed out thing. So that uh, one is mentioned in text number 153. This is the final relationship. And by the way, this is just being introduced. We will go into further detail just after this. So the third step in understanding Tattvamasi is Lakshya Lakshana Bhava. That is one text number 153. Lakshya Lakshana Sambandhastu Yatha Tatraiva Sashabda Ayam Shabdayo Tad Arthayorva 
विरुद्ध तत्काल एतत्काल विशिष्टत्व परित्यागेन अविरुद्ध देवदत्तेन सह लक्ष्य लक्षण भाव तथाक्ये तत्व पदयो तदर्थर्वा विरुद्ध परोक्ष आदि विशिष्ट विशिष्टत्वपरितगेन अविरुद्ध चैतन्येन सह लक्ष्य लक्षण भाव द थर्ड रिलेशन दैट ऑफ लक्ष्य लक्षण भाव इज दिस इन दैट वेरी सेंटेंस दिस इज दैट देवदत्त द वर्ड्स दिस एंड दैट और देयर मीनिंग्स बाय द एलिमिनेशन ऑफ द कॉन्ट्ररी एसोसिएशन ऑफ पैस्ट एंड प्रेजेंट टाइम स्टैंड इन रिलेशन टू इम्प्लायर इम्प्लाइड विद देवदत्त हु इज कॉमन टू बोथ similarly in this sentence thou art that also the words that and thou or their meanings by the elimination of contrary associations of remoteness and immediacy etc stand in the relationship of implier and implied with consciousness which is common to both again not difficult it's actually pretty simple what what they are trying to say implied meaning this is the final step we will have to go through to find the meaning of that thou art here first let's understand the example he is giving an example and then we will understand what is how to apply it for that thou art or tatvamasi what's the example the example is um this is that devadatta soyam devadatta this is that devadatta i've already mentioned this example a number of times earlier this is that devadatta means devadatta is just some guy uh, devadatta whom i had seen in mumbai and now i'm seeing him uh, here in manhattan so mumbai there and manhattan here whom i had seen then 30 years ago and who am i am seeing now just now so then and now past and present that devadatta who was young and then and now the, the, the same devadatta is now old uh, that devadatta who was fit and now this devadatta who is obese and so on now all these qualities are contradictory mumbai and manhattan how can it be the same person um past and present how can it be the same person old and young and old young then old now how can it be the same person fit then and um, um, you know obese now with a full head of hair at that time and bald now how can it be the same person they are so different and yet we have no no problem in understanding such a sentence if somebody comes to you and says that oh um if this is that same person i saw 30 years ago you have no problem in understanding what do you do how do you understand this do you see first see the problem the problem is that there are so many contradictory qualities involved here but you still understand this is the same person how do you understand this what you do is you leave out the contrary qualities you leave out the contradictory qualities and take the person what we what we automatically instinctively do we don't have to go through so many we, we don't know that we are doing such fancy things like laksha lakshana bhav or implied meaning uh, we, we don't know that but we are doing it actually we automatically do it all the time uh, what do we do what we do uh, uh, spontaneously naturally is that we we disregard then and here past and present um old young and old fit and obese um, with a full head of hair and balding all that we disregard and we say it's the same person it's the same person we're talking about the same person just that many properties have changed 
place has changed, time has changed, properties have changed, the look has changed, all of that has changed. But we say it's the same person. So all of it points to one person. We disregard contradictory qualities and we find out the common reality underneath it. So this is an example. And we always do it. We use it so many times in, some, in our daily life. Exactly like that, you have to do it for that, that thou art. That thou art, the contradictory qualities. That God is you. Um, Shweta Ketu's father said in the Chandogya Upanishad, you buy at that God, that reality. Which reality? In the Shandogya Upanishad, if you go back, you will find Tat Sat, Sadeva Samya Idamagra Asid, Ekameva Dvitiyam. Oh, my dear child, before the beginning of this universe, there was one reality, one without a second. From that, the entire universe appeared. Because you're talking about the creation or projection of the universe, we understand they're talking about Saguna Brahman, consciousness with Maya. So which is Ishwara or God or Saguna Brahman, whatever you call it. That, that God is you, this person, not just Shweta Ketu, it's talking to each of us. You, my dear man or um, my dear lady, you are the ultimate, you are God. But how? Immediately we see the contradiction. I am, it says, Aparoksha. The Tao, the Jiva is Aparoksha. Aparoksha means I directly experience my own existence. Aparoksha, directly experienced. I am. Before I experience anything, I know myself. I'm directly evident to myself. In the way where Descartes, you know, says, I think, therefore I am. Even more than that, I am, therefore I think. You can reverse it, actually. So my own existence is indisputable. I can dispute anything else, but this my own existence I can't dispute. You know, people who sometimes I see, they suppose you, you don't exist. You can't suppose that. People who say that don't even know what they mean. <laughs> it's impossible. Even to suppose that you don't exist, you have to exi uh, exist. Shankaracharya says, Yaeva tasya nirakarta tasya Whoever denies the existence of the self is the self of that denier. So, I exist. This is called aparoksha, directly evident, incontrovertibly so. And that God is paroksha. Paroksha means uh, indirect. It's not directly evident to me. I have just read about it. My religion has told me about it. Vedanta tells me about it. You know, um, holy people have told me about that. There is such a God. Maybe reasoning has told me about it. That the universe exists. There must be a first cause to this universe. So theological reasons are there. There are scriptural reasons for believing in God. There are you know, traditional reasons for believing in God. Maybe I grew up in a, you know, in a church or in a religion which told me about the existence of God. All of it is put in one word, paroksha, indirect. Literally, it means beyond the range of our sensory knowledge. It's a, something that you read about, reason about, but you don't experience directly. So these are contradictory. I am directly experienced that God is indirect. And how can it be? How can it either directly experience and the indirect be the same thing? How is it possible? Okay. Um, do you see the contradiction in this? Just look at your own experience. Look at how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the God that you worship. You know, Father in heaven or Shiva, Kali, Vishnu. Shiva, Kali, Vishnu, Durga, Father in heaven, Allah. All of it is a matter of faith. Maybe reasoned faith. 
maybe good same got solid reasons for believing in it but it still not directly experience the way you experience your own existence so it's very contradictory it's completely opposite paroksha paroksha not only that there are many other contradictory qualities god i read about god as um, all pervading and i'm not all pervading i'm just barely pervade even if i'm very overweight i'll pervade one chair that's it so i don't pervade the whole universe i don't even pervade this room and god is all pervading god is all powerful i have very little power sarva sarva shaktiman alpa shaktiman i have very little power very little capacity very little capability and god is the creator preserver destroyer of the universe at least that's what i read again contradictory sarvagya alpagya god is all knowing omniscient i know so little and whatever i get no i so much effort have to put into it and i keep forgetting it so alpagya sarvagya these tremendously different qualities are there how are they the same so you have to do exactly what you did for soyam devadatta leave out the contradictory qualities and take the consciousness which is common to both what is god consciousness plus maya what are you consciousness limited by individual ignorance some vashti agyana upaitam chaitanya samashti agyana upaitam chaitanya leave out the samashti agyana and vashti agyana leave out the maya and the individual ignorance what will remain consciousness that consciousness is common to you and god so when you say that thou art it only means the unlimited awareness when you limit that awareness with maya you call it god when you limit that awareness with your individual body mind you call it yourself other than the individual body and mind other than maya the consciousness is basically the same thing exactly the same thing that is the meaning implied meaning of that thou art it's something really worth thinking about this is the door to enlightenment we'll see how it's applied later on but every advaitic text does this it, this is just setting it up it's a, it, it seems sounds very theoretical it's not theoretical it's actually talking about something very vividly available to all of us all the time we just don't know it um all right so you see the text here um okay i will not go into the details but you get the basic idea now all this was simple now we are get going to get into difficulties why these difficulties it's not necessary for sadananda yogendra to bring in the extra wrinkles the complications which are going to start now but for some reason he has uh, put forth some just to give us a taste of how much is really involved in trying to extract the meaning of that now art so here comes the first big complication remember the second step the blue lotus and if you have you know if you have a feel for what was going on it's not quite like that thou art blue lotus is understandable but how do you put that thou art which is the color and which is the flower is the is god the flower and are you the color and you'll be like is it like you colored god like a blue colored lotus that's weird i mean that doesn't doesn't fit so that question will be raised now in what sense the question is in what sense are you applying that second relationship so far they have accepted the opponents have accepted uh, the first one samanadhikarnyam all right let's take it for um, um, granted let's let's admit that that thou art that and thou refer to the same reality 
and that's a very very big admission very very big admission means we have already moved beyond dualism the dualist would like to interpret that thou art in a dualistic way that is not that literally you are that but that is the lord and you are the servant or that is the father and you are the child mother and you are the child some kind of dualistic interpretation will, uh, that will be comfortable for a dualistic religion they have let go of that now they are the opponents are saying all right we understand there is one reality but now come to the second one which you did which you want to apply um, the blue lotus example it doesn't fit you must be aware of the problem there then only the what's going to happen is pretty complicated it's going to make sense then i'll i'll go through it and uh, it's complicated uh, you will uh, listen to it if you get it fine if you don't just listen to it a second or a third time when the recording is put up and you'll get it it's a lot of complication for nothing much uh, but uh, the complication is there 154 iyam eva bhaga lakshana ityuchyate text number 154 this is called one type of implied meaning called bhaga lakshana what is he talking about 153 what we did just now about this is that devadatta that example that's a one type of implied meaning what do you mean one type of implied meaning don't worry don't be in a hurry it's all waiting for us there are many kinds of implied meaning and we'll be asked to choose between them all those things are going to come up later on uh, but right now right now we have a more pressing concern the second step visheshana visheshya bhava is problematic text number 155 asmin vakye neelam utpalam iti vakyavad vakyartho nasangachate so this is this is an objection the literal meaning in the manner of the sentence the blue lotus does not fit with the sentence that thou art this is an objection that hold on yeah. they're going to rain on our parade so hold on it doesn't work um, you gave the example the blue lotus that thou art is not like the blue lotus blue is a color lotus is a flower and blue is a property lotus is a substance that and thou are not colors and um, flowers that and thou are not properties and substances with thou means you the individual sentient being that means god how uh, how is it the same kind how can you go ahead like this so he is going to explain the problem why doesn't fit and then what can you do about it i'm on text number 156 tatra tu neela padartha neela gunasya utpala padartha utpala dravyasya cha shaukliya patadi bheda vyavartakataya anyo anya visheshana visheshya rupa sansargasya अन्यतर विशिष्टस्य अन्यतरस्य तदैक्यस्य वा वाक्यार्थत्वंगिकारे प्रमाणांतर अविरोधात अविरोध प्रमाणांतर विरोध अभावात तद्वाक्यार्थः संगच्छते इन द फ्रेज द ब्लू लोटस द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड ब्लू इज द ब्लू कलर एंड द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड लोटस इज द फ्लावर्ड लोटस they respectively exclude other colors such as white etc and other objects such as cloth etc thus these two words mutually stand in relation of qualifier and qualified and this relation means their mutual qualification or their unity this interpretation of the sentence since it does not contradict any other means of knowledge is admissible all right 
what did he say here if you look at the sentence itself tatratu there but there where in that that phrase blue lotus there what's happening there neela padartha neela gunasya um the meaning of the word blue what is the meaning of the word blue the color blue when you use the word blue what do you mean you mean the color blue utpala padartha utpala dravyasya the meaning of the word flower the word um, flower and the meaning of the word flower the meaning of the word flower is what that lotus that flower so what do they do anyanya vyavartika they they operate to mutually exclude other meanings they operate to mutually exclude other meanings other meanings means the word the color blue the moment you mention blue it excludes his uh, he writes here shokli shokliadi white etc we have discussed this already is nothing new um moment you say blue lotus the word when you hear blue you automatically exclude white and um, yellow and red and pink and whatever what are the, whatever kind of lotus else is available there you exclude them you think it's only blue and when you mention lotus um, that excludes patadi pata means cloth so you you understand that what is being said is not a blue cloth or blue chair a blue pen or a blue sky or blue shirt no all it means is a, a flower a lotus so when you say blue and lotus they mutually exclude other options they exclude other colors and they exclude other objects and they mutually qualify each other how um, as as the color and the flower as one and the same thing a blue lotus they mean one object only so they mean a unity um, a, a, a very intimate oneness so for that is there always there between this is this all comes from the nyaya vaisheshika philosophy substance and attribute so white milk it's an intimate oneness notice when you say white milk blue lotus um tall man um fast car when you say such things when you're qualifying an object with a certain property you know fast tall um, um white blue colors and size and you know qualities so all of these uh, uh, these things they exist together intimately one you can't have fast tall blue floating in the air it must be a fast car or a fast horse it must be a blue flower or a blue cloth or something so color and the object property and substance they exist in intimate oneness they exist in intimate oneness this is called samsarga so samsarga is a sanskrit term which means an intimate oneness which exists between substance and property but they are not literally the same thing a color and a flower are not the same thing height and a man are not the same thing tall man tall is not equal to man man could be short a tree could be tall so tall is a property height and man is a substance a person and they exist in intimate oneness but they are not literally the same thing so this will not work for us when i say you are brahman i mean you are literally the same thing brahman and you are literally the same thing it's not that you are a property and brahman is a property holding object a uh, substance no 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 
it's not like color and flower you and brahman are literally the same thing it is like soyam devadat this is that devadat it is literally the same person so, so you are brahman means you are literally brahman brahman is you you are brahman that's what we mean it's not like property so it's not sansarga this is what is the blue lotus works because it's samsarga so he says here samsarga i think he uses the word samsarga samsargasya okay so this is one kind of oneness which you can use another kind of oneness is vishishta 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 means qualified what does it mean both of these we are going to reject both of these both of these means two options what are the two options samsarga vishishta samsarga is what i just mentioned like a blue lotus or like a tall man a fast car a property and an object and, and a substance they are they are yes they are one but they are not literally the same thing it's one is a property one is a, a substance and they are in intimate connection to each other intimate existence uh, i mean uh, there are precise terms in nyaya and vaisheshika for this this is uh, samavaya sambandha is there but anyway we can't use those terms here um so they are in intimately together another option is vishishta the second option again not acceptable to us as non dualist but what is that option we have to understand that that's what makes for the complication of this passage um another way you could think about it is vishishta vishishta means like this neela utpala blue lotus instead of thinking blue is a color and lotus is a flower how can color so instead of saying that it's a blue colored flower one may further be a little nitpicking and object here is a sort of semantic objection how can a color and a flower be the same thing how can they be one it is one we are, we understand in common sense everybody understands but um, uh, philosophers <laughs> they go a little deeper than this a flower is one with a flower how can a flower be one with a color so when it says blue lotus it means uh, blue here neela neela means neelotpala blue means a lot it, it means that blue lotus itself and lotus means lotus i'll repeat it it is a peculiar idea to get your head around so one meaning of blue lotus is blue colored lotus that is what we have done sansarga the second one which we are doing vishishta here a little bit of complication has been introduced blue lotus here means blue lotus lotus the word blue means blue lotus and the word lotus means lotus it's not as strange as we think it is uh, if you think about it if you ask the question which kind of lotus it you must give me an answer in terms of lotus don't say blue blue is a color i'm asking you to select a lotus which kind of lotus you will say blue lotus so what are these when you say blue lotus what does it mean blue lotus lotus let me explain it in another way which i explained in um, an another place where we were doing vedanta sar so many of you are settled here in the united states and many of you have come from india and many of you have children here who were born here now there's a big difference the children who are born here are indian americans okay now how do you understand this term indian american is it an indian and an american that's not possible 
You can't have, how can you have an Indian and an American? Is it American qualified by an Indian? Indian qualified American? No. What does the term Indian American mean? It means there are many kinds of Americans. There are Anglo-Saxon Americans. There are African Americans. There are Native American Americans. And there are Indian American Americans. So when you say Indian American, which applies to your children, or if somebody here has been born here in the United States, and it applies to you. What, what you mean when you say Indian American, you mean Indian American American. You mean I am an American. What kind of American? Indian American. To put it all together, you are an Indian American American. So all of them are Americans. American is a general term. All are Americans. But among them, there are specific kinds of Americans. There are those with an Indian heritage, with an Asian heritage, with a Latin, uh, Latino heritage, with uh, an African heritage. So they are, all, and those people are also Americans, but they are Americans uh, with this specific uh, heritage. So you are an Indian American American, you're uh, Asian American American, African American American, and they're all Americans, but different kinds of Americans. Now, when you apply this to the blue lotus, what will it stand for? It will stand for what kind of lotus? You, you shouldn't say blue, you should say blue lotus. There are many kinds of lotuses here. Pick something. You have to pick, when you pick it, you will pick a blue lotus. You will not pick a blue. So I'm, I won't um, belabor the point too much. You get the point. This is another more sophisticated way of understanding the term blue lotus. This is called vishishta. It amounts boils down to the same thing, but it's a more sophisticated way of understanding it. And if you look at the case of Indian Americans, it makes us, it makes sense, especially with if you, in your own case, uh, many of our, our immigrant families. So the difference between you and your children, children who are born here. So you are Indians living in America, uh, but the children, in many cases, but in the children are Indian American Americans. They are American. So the point I made, and with the children liked, when I, when I talked about it, children liked it, that you are not Indian and American, you are Americans, but with an Indian heritage. So you're Indian American Americans. Similarly, here, blue lotus, lotus. So, but what does it all mean for us? Nothing. You can be glad that even if you have not understood anything about what's going on here, don't worry, because it's all rejected. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for us. When you take tatvam asi, that thou art, neither samsarga, blue lotus, doesn't fit, nor vishishta, blue lotus, lotus, doesn't fit. Uh, why doesn't it fit? Because, because of this. Take tatvam asi, that thou art, which is the adjective and which is the noun, which is the substance and which is the property. Is it um, you, the uh, is it God qualified by you? Are you qualified by God? In the case of blue lotus, it's very, very clear. It's a lotus qualified by the color blue. Or even more details you want to go, it's a lotus qualified by blue lotus. Blue lotus, lotus. But that thou, God and individual, how will you do that? You might even press further and say, uh, why, what's wrong? Let's let it be like blue lotus. God qualified by individual. 
I am an individual and I, I am like an adjective and God is like the noun. God is the substance. I am inhering in God. It won't work. Why? Blue lotus fits easily because blue is a color and lotus is a flower. But if you and God try to fit in like that, it will not work. Why not? Because um, all powerful and little powerful, can they go together? Then what will be the combined uh, entity? Blue lotus combined entity understood. All powerful, little powerful consciousness. How is it possible? I am less pervasive. God is all pervading, huh? omnipresent. I'm not omnipresent. Minimally pervasive and a maximally pervasive consciousness. How? How can the same thing be all pervading and minimal pervasion? How can the same thing be, you know, extraordinarily powerful, supremely powerful and powerless? Sarva Shaktiman and Alpa Shaktiman consciousness. How is it possible? See, you can say blue, big blue lotus. Because the blue and the big, they don't contradict each other. A flower can be big and it can be blue. But can you say big, small lotus? You can't say that. Can you say blue, white lotus or blue, red lotus? You can't say that. Can you say um, blue, fragrant, no smell lotus? How can it be fragrant and no smell at all at the same time? It cannot be. So the same consciousness, you cannot describe it as all-powerful and minimally powerful. You cannot describe it as all-pervasive and, and minimally pervasive. You can't describe it as Parok, most direct, the, the most uh, clear uh, objection would be paroksha, paroksha. My own existence, I feel directly, directly felt consciousness and indirectly, you know, believed in consciousness. They are the same consciousness. How? So contradictory qualities can cannot be affirmed of the same locus. So when you try to say uh, that thou art is like the blue lotus, no, it doesn't work. Neither, um, neither um, what do you call it, samsarga nor vishishta. Does not work as a blue lotus, does not work as a blue lotus lotus, doesn't work. Then how does it work? What do you want? The opposition is asking us, because you're going through this second stage. So how are you guys applying the second stage? These are the only two options we have got. So we are applying the second stage in this way. We means Advaitins. We want a third way of applying this, this second stage of Visheshana Visheshya Bhava. Here, we all that we want from Visheshana Visheshya Bhava is not adjective and noun, not property and substance. We just want that first thing, what it does, mutually excludes other things. Mutually excludes other things. To give one uniform meaning, Akhanda. What meaning do you want? We don't want Samsarga, intimate contact. We don't want Visheshta, no, blue lotus lotus. But what do we want? Akhanda, one indivisible reality. How will you do that? We use it to exclude. You know, remember when I said blue lotus, it does, it does mutual exclusion. Blue excludes all other colors, lotus excludes all other entities, and then they qualify each other as a blue lotus. We want that property. How? Here is the beauty of it. You'll see why all this abstract reasoning, what it points to really, a very grand idea. When it says, you are Brahman, that thou art. We say, you are Brahman. We mean by that, you are nothing but Brahman. All the other things are excluded. You are Brahman means you are not the body. You are not the mind. 
you are being awareness. When I say Brahman is you, it should exclude Brahman is not. We don't by Brahman we don't mean Shiva, Vishnu, Kali, Father in heaven, Allah, unless they are you. If there's something apart from you, then we don't mean that. We mean only you. When I say you are Brahman, we mean you as consciousness and consciousness only. When I mean Brahman is you, I mean Brahman is you and you only, you the consciousness, not Allah, Vishnu, Maheshwara, Durga, Kali, unless they are in some sense one with you. Do you see that? What a tremendous thing we are saying. What we are saying here is the second stage is saying, you are nothing but God. And even more radically, God is nothing but you, the real you. <coughs> if you put them together like this, then it becomes the meaning which we want to express. We don't want to say one is the property of the other. Uh, property of the other, it contradicts. That funny story is there. Um, one gentleman wanted to go to a party. Uh, he was going with his wife. And he was wearing smelly socks. The wife said, what is that awful smell? Oh, you haven't changed your socks. Put on fresh socks. And so they went to the party. And in the party, that awful smell was there. So the wife came close to the husband and whispered, I told you to change your socks. And the husband said, I did. And then the wife said, but where is the smell? How is the smell coming? Oh, those socks are in my pocket, the old ones. So the smelly smell, bad smell will not go away if you put the socks in your pocket. Similarly, if you say, if you make jiva, the sentient being as the jiva is, a property of, of God, God is omniscient, omnipotent, fine. But if the jiva is still there as the jiva, then the, the bondage and the smallness and the powerlessness and the helplessness, those, that smell will still be there. Along with the infinitude of God, it will not work. You have to leave aside the, uh, uh, the qualities imposed by Maya and take consciousness only. How will you do that? Jiva means nothing other than Brahman and Brahman means nothing other than Jiva means what? Then you have to leave Brahman and Jiva's separate qu the, the qualities aside and mean consciousness only. They mean together, when you put them together, they will mean consciousness only. Um, so this is what has been said so far. Let me just see the next uh, text, 100. 57. So 157 says this. Why it doesn't work? Trying to put, uh, put it like blue lotus. That thou art is not like blue lotus. So he, that objection is putting forward. Atratu tatpadartha parokshatvadi vishishta chaitanyasya tvampadartha parokshatvadi vishishta chaitanyasya chanyuanya bhedavya vartakataya visheshana visheshya bhava samsargasya Anyatara Vishishtasya, Anyatarasya Tadaikyasya Va, Bakyarthatvangikare, Pratyakshadi Pramana Virodhat, Bakyarthona Sangachate. But in this sentence, that thou art, the meaning of the sentence, that is consciousness associated with remoteness, etc. And the meaning of the word thou is consciousness associated with immediacy, etc. If it is maintained that these two ideas, since they eliminate their mutual distinction, stand to each other in the relationship of qualifier and qualified, meaning their mutual qualification or their unity, it involves a contradiction with direct perception and other means of knowledge, and therefore is inconsistent. 
if i break up the sentence you will you'll see it comes out very easily all that i have said till now it comes here atratu in this case unfortunately but unfortunately in this case which case that thou art what was the earlier case blue lotus you can take it as a blue lotus or you can take it as a blue lotus lotus samsarga vishishta works but unfortunately in this case atratu in this case that thou art tat padartha parokshatvaadi vishishta chaitanyasya the word that it means consciousness associated with remoteness god whom we believe in and all that tvam padartha aparokshatvaadi vishishta chaitanyasya thou you meaning the you experience your own existence directly anyanya bheda vyavartakataya if you use the principle of mutual exclusion setting everything else aside and then you try to apply visheshana visheshya bhava samsarga or vishishta one of the two like blue lotus or blue lotus lotus what are you talking about are you talking about um, jiva ishvara or jiva ishvara ishvara jiva is like blue and uh, ishvara is like lotus so blue lotus jiva ishvara doesn't work they are they are totally different you can't put them together and so this is where why these discussions are important one reason is that the dualists when they continuously accuse non dualists of sacrilege blasphemy you are saying you are god they have a point they are looking at it this way that you are you god is god how can you say you are god this is crazy and see that's what we are we are uh, dealing with that issue here we don't mean that um he says samsargasya and vishishtasya va that that's what i'm that part is a i'm just skipping that part vakyartva vakyarthatva angikare to take the meaning of the sentence angikare means to accept to accept the meaning of the sentence na sangachate doesn't work it is not consistent why not pratyakshadi pramana virodhat because every every instrument of knowledge opposes this oneness i know directly with my own experience what i am i know by reading books and hearing uh, holy people and all what god is it's clearly we are not the same so we cannot be qualified like blue and lotus and things like that so it doesn't work taduktam he is quoting from panchadashi here in support of what he just did samsargo va vishishto va vakyartho natra sammatah अखंडाइकिंग is an absolute homogeneous principle akhandaikarasa how do you do that as i showed you are brahman means you are not the body mind notice when shankaracharya sings chidananda roopa shivoham before that what does he do mano buddhi hankara chittani naham i am not the mind not the intellect not the uh, memory not the ego then uh, the sense organs i am not i am not the five elements uh, then only he can say chidananda roopa shivoham so and god also by god i don't mean a deity who is away from me who is a different entity called shiva or vishnu or something so 
God is also nothing different from me and I am not something different from God. In that sense, one homogeneous entity is being referred to here. Okay, so that is what did we do now? We solved one, we just hit one road bump on our way to being one with God or seeing our identity with God. The road bump was the second step. Uh, how do you use qualification, the adjectival relationship? This is how we use it. Not in the sense of blue lotus, in the sense of this is that Devadatta. We'll use it like that. This is that. And then more details will come in the next class. Okay, so this is where we are. Let me see there's activity in the chat. Prabhu Babu says, if we accept this, we get Vishishta Dvaita. Correct. We accept this, we get Vishishta Dvaita. Pradeep Bo says, Tattva Masi, here Tat refers to Saguna Brahman, but Aham Brahmasmi, are we referring to Nirguna Brahman or again Saguna Brahman? Always, when you say Aham Brahmasmi, Tattva Masi, it always refers to Jiva and Saguna Brahman. When you say I am Brahman, so what that I will be this individual person. Nirguna Brahman, uh, Brahman is Saguna Brahman. And then you have to do this, these three steps. Same three steps will apply on every um, Mahavakya. Yeah. So, because if you say, I am Nirguna Brahman, it can't be done. Moment you say, I, what do you mean? You mean I, the person. I, Sarva Priyananda. Then I have to let go of my physical attributes, my mental attributes, the sthula, sarira, sukshma, let go means know that they are appearances. And um, so if I start with myself as the jiva and try to understand myself as Nirguna Brahman, then I have to start with Brahman as, as uh, Saguna Brahman. Saguna Brahman is um, realized to be Nirguna Brahman. I am real. Jiva is realized to be Nirguna Brahman. When you realize your nature as Nirguna Brahman, it's called Atman. When you realize Saguna Brahman's real nature, it's called Nirguna Brahman. And Atman and Nirguna Brahman are the same thing. The Sakshi Chaitanya and Nirguna Brahman are the same thing. That is, that is the whole process of Advaita Vedanta. And technically also there will be a problem if you say, I am Nirguna Brahman, then you are able to denote Nirguna Brahman by language. You can't do that. Language will always refer directly to Saguna Brahman or to this individual. Only by implication it can refer to Nirguna Brahman. Rick says, although thou, that thou art refers to Saguna Brahman in Chandogya Upanishad, could also said to be referred to Nirguna Brahman. Yes, we are coming to that. See, that's why the third step is there. When you say refer to, the reference is of two kinds. One is direct reference, one is implied meaning. Till now we are using direct reference. The direct reference is always to Saguna Brahman. And the implied meaning is to Nirguna Brahman. This is The implied meaning is what is important. If you say, no, tell me simply, what am I according to Advaita Vedanta? According to Advaita Vedanta, you are Nirguna Brahman. But that's the implied meaning. And that's what we are going to come to in the third stage, which will happen next time. So if you ask, no, tell me, that and thou in these sentences, um, that thou art, what do they refer to? Do they refer to the Jiva and the Ishwara, the, the individual and God? Or do they refer to Nirguna Brahman? They initially refer to Jiva and Ishwara to begin with. The process starts with Jiva and Ishwara. There's no other place to start with. Where do you start? 
you start with jiva jagatishwara the world god and you and where do you end up in one reality and non dual reality so initially they are they refer to uh, saguna brahman and jiva and ultimately when you have completed the process it will refer to nirguna brahman what will refer to nirguna brahman thou will refer to nirguna brahman that will refer to nirguna brahman aham brahmasmi aham i am brahman i will ultimately refer to nirguna brahman starting it refers to me the person ending at the end of the whole teaching it refers to nirguna brahman i am brahman starts with saguna brahman ends with nirguna brahman and this process will be accomplished as i said in three steps these three steps we have to go through you know if you just think about it quietly why can't you simply straight state that i am nirguna brahman think about what is meant by nirguna brahman you can get no objective meaning for nirguna brahman you can point to saguna brahman that which is talked about by all the religions of theistic religions of the world that which is the object of my devotion my worship my meditation my adoration my faith saguna brahman nirguna brahman you can't refer to it directly but it's the reality <laughs> language can't refer to it directly then uh, shweta is asking intuition is aparoksha paroksha intuition is aparoksha uh-huh. intuition is aparoksha the kind of intuition that i mean here that is meant in uh, advaita vedanta that is aparoksha intuition may be of many kind there can be an artistic intuition there can be a detective who sees by intention this is the criminal that's a, that's an intuit different kind of intuition um but this the spiritual intuition which we are talking about here the highest that catching i am that that is the aparoksha that's always aparoksha your very nature is aparoksha punita ji is asking is the sh- sheer simplicity of the sentence that makes it hard to accept and live by sheer simplicity yes the difficulty of the statement is the sheer simplicity i would say that you might say well, what's simple about it it might be simple to punita ji but everybody is saying what what is she talking about it's so complicated actually it's not complicated it is wonderfully simple everything else is complicated all complications are based on this this is really simple but then it, that's why it's very difficult to catch and hard to live by once you catch it then you will live by it that living by it is called uh, jivan mukti when you get it and you live your life accordingly that is called freed freedom while living shiva priya is asking hence you have to pass through saguna to reach nirguna what is non dualistic without dualistic all inclusive is brahman why complicate it we are dualistic by existence no we are dual, non dual by existence consciousness with maya is my ignorance so 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 as soon as i know that ignorance it is inclusive mm i don't know uh, when you see when you try to put this try to put this in the framework which we have learned that is the purpose of this framework see all throughout last few months we have been learning definition after definition after definition right uh, so that you can even put these statements in clear terms using these definitions nitin says the mantra in chandogya upanishad that includes tattva masiya mahavakya refers to the atman nirguna brahman as tat 
Also, the that in I am that refers to Nirguna Brahman. So why do we have to take that as Saguna Brahman and explain the meaning of Tattvam as an implied way? Why can it not be taken as, same as Jiva Brahmheva Napara? Is it to settle an argument of an opponent? As I said, all this time we have been discussing this. But first of all, you cannot directly refer to um, Nirguna Brahman by language. And if you look at the original Chandogya Upanishad, Tat does not directly refer to Nirguna Brahman. If you go to the sixth chapter of Chandogya Upanishad, what does it say? Sadeva Samyadamagrasi. Then it says, that thou what? What is that? It's already something that um, Shweta Ketu's father has been talking about. Many times he has mentioned it. And he's always mentioned it as the source of the universe. But what is the definition of God in, um, in um, Vedanta? In fact, in all theistic religions, as the creator of this universe. So that means the creator of the universe. You means the individual. And the two terms will be equivalent or, or identical only when you see that that is uh, pure consciousness and you are pure consciousness. Do you notice what is happening? If you say, I am Brahman, I am Nirguna Brahman, and then we have got two terms, Nirguna Brahman in one term and I. What do you mean by that I? You must start with yourself. Otherwise, this, this is a whole, all a method of teaching, right? If you already realized your Nirguna Brahman, all this is not necessary for you. But if you have not realized Nirguna Brahman, then what do you think yourself to be? What does the I stand for? Tvam, thou stand for. Thou is the pada. Padartha means object. Book is the word. The object is this. When you say I, it's a word. Object is what? Object normally for us is this body and mind. And then you have to go through the process of Drik Drishya Viveka or Avastatra or something like that and finally arrive at Nirguna Brahman. If you are doing that kind of torture for the term I or thou, what about the term Tat? It must also go through a similar kind of process. This is called Tat Tvam Padartha Shodhana. Um, analysis or inquiry into the terms that and thou. It, even in the terms of symmetry, you will find it strange if you only apply um, the in, uh, analysis to the term thou and leave the term that alone. Both must be analyzed to reach common uh, uh, reality. And yes, is it to settle an argument of an opponent? All those arguments, as you can see, are being settled on the way. It's all on, on the journey. Anuradha is asking, why do we need the second one? Second one means the Visheshana Visheshya Bhava. Uh, because, the, see, this is how we normally, first of all, when you have these identity statements, they usually are of the form, blue lotus, white chalk. And so this is how you, that's, this is where most people stop. So it comes on the way. Now, um, for us, as we said, we are rejecting the normal application of the, this second step. The normal application is Sangsarga or Vishishta. Both do not apply to us. Neither blue lotus is applicable to us, nor blue lotus lotus is applicable to us. They have nothing to do with that thou art. But in one sense, it is applicable. That is the sense which we took. It just We just said Akhandartham. That means uh, by the word Tat and by the word Tvam, we exclude every other possibility. What I normally think by the word I um, the body, mind that is excluded. Because I am Brahman. A Brahman is not a body or mind. And by the word Brahman, God, what we mean, Shiva, Vishnu, Kali, Durga, that is all excluded. Because what I want to say is uh, that, that Brahman is nothing other than but you, the consciousness. 
it is not the individual consciousness which is the little being you but it is also not the cosmic consciousness which is um, consciousness plus clothed in maya and the cosmic mind and the you know the ishvara hiranyagarbha virat not even that you see how it is all this we are discussing is coded into om om a uma a uma the three components of om and the silence beyond that a uma the individual is the waker the dreamer and the deep sleeper a uma and the real you is the silence beyond uh, uh, the waker dreamer deep sleeper is the consciousness which is the witness of waker dreamer deep sleeper the cosmic is in the waking state it is virat the entire universe consciousness plus the entire universe in the dream state or subtle state it is consciousness plus cosmic mind hiranyagarbha in the causal state it is consciousness plus maya ishvara but beyond uh, virat hiranyagarbha ishvara beyond the uh, the gross subtle and um, causal states is the reality which is the silence beyond uh, uma in that silence the cosmic and the individual you and god are one reality which is pure consciousness all of what we are discussing is all encoded into om <laughs> another interesting thing i realized just today one sadhu in uttarakhand uh, he pointed out that um, Om Auma refers to Shravana Manana Nididhyasana, and true, the actual teaching of Vedanta has to be done in the gross state, like like now. The thinking about it and understanding Manana has to be done in the subtle state in your mind. And the Nididhyasana Samadhi is equivalent to the deep sleep state. Not that you have to fall asleep; it's where subject and object merge. but the reality which is being pointed out is neither in the waking nor in the dream nor in the deep sleep it is the witness of all of them so it is the turiya all practice is at this level and the practice is gross this is learning like this thinking about it subtle and meditating upon it causal beautiful i never thought of it earlier alpana ji is saying if possible in another vedanta sar class could you explain panchadashi shlokas 150 to 152 related to tattvamasi uh, i have to take a look but if you are interested in detailed discussion of the mahavakyas i did um um what do you call it like a retreat panchadashi chapter 5 is the whole chapter whole chapter is a short chapter is the shortest chapter in the panchadashi chapter 5 is just on mahavakyas and the four mahavakyas tattvamasi aham brahmasmi ayam atma brahma pragyanam brahma all four mahavakyas are taken up and in brief analyzed there uh, that is chapter 5 and i did a retreat on that and that's available online on on youtube um yes swami ji it is specifically the objection raised by the purvapakshi about whether the brahman is cervical or nirvikal and uh, vidyaran swami ji he uses this argument to just say that everything is unreal and that's a very beautiful one but I'll I'm take a look I'll yeah, take a look next time yeah thank you very much um pravir bawe singh isn't it more easily explained by using jahat lakshana as you had done and you told us at hollywood yeah that's coming next the type of lakshana lakshana means implied meaning we have not done it yet we are going to use uh, that in the next uh, the third stage lakshana means implied meaning and that implied meaning is going to come now um 
Shridama says, one level above the common denominator, which is consciousness, there seems to be another common denominator, which is ignorance. Correct. At the level of ignorance, this is the causal state, Karanavastha. At the level of ignorance, we are saying Ishwara and Jiva are contradictory. But they seem like part and whole. Correct. Isn't it like Vyashti part of Samashti, like tree and forest we saw earlier? Correct, correct. But that's at the level of ignorance already. At the level of ultimate reality, they are not part and whole. They are exactly the same. The part and whole relationship comes only when you introduce Maya. So it's not that Ishwar and Jiva are part and whole. Consciousness is one and the same, but it is their Upadhis. Samashti Maya and Vyashti Agyana, they are part and whole. And they tend to give the impression of a part and whole uh, Ishwara and Jiva. So yes, when you introduce Maya, then the part and whole relationship is, uh, it starts. That's where the differentiation starts between cosmic and individual. Even at the deep sleep level, notice, at the deep sleep level, it still does not feel like part and whole. It, feels, it doesn't feel like anything. The subject and object are one. It's blank. But when you come to the subtle level and especially to the physical level, then the difference between part and whole is huge. I'm a tiny being as a body, and this is an enormous physical universe of which I'm a tiny, tiny part. As a mind, I'm one mind in a cosmic mind. In deep sleep, I'm at the causal level and it's part of the cosmic causal maya, but that is only, it seems only theoretical because it doesn't feel like any difference is there. So Sridhama, important point you raised. So this relationship between part and whole, fine if you apply it at the causal level. But then the causal level is also false. It's an appearance. And what we are talking about, that Tao art is at the ultimate level, the paramarthika. Ultimately, is there a cause and uh, uh, is there a part and whole relationship? No. Is there a qualified and qualified relationship? No. It is identity. It is exactly the same thing. It is one und undivided reality. Shravani has patiently raised her hand. So, Shravani? I must say that there's a lot of verbal semantics going on and it feels like I'm almost getting lost. But I have to ask this. So, in the, in initially, when this uh, discussion started in 41, 44, and 45, those uh, texts, uh, three meanings of Tao and that were introduced, like the red hot iron ball, like Saguna Brahma and the Nirguna, and then uh, also the Maya. Uh, hmm. Correct. Now from there, how did we just come here where we are just talking that that means to Saguna uh, Brahman and thou refers to only the individual consciousness. Right. Now, the red hot iron ball example, that was part of the Adhyaropa Apavad. In the final conclusion of all those discussions, we said, think about it this way, that uh, when you have a red hot iron ball, there are three aspects to it. There is the fire, there is the ball, and then the mixed up fire and ball together, red hot iron ball. So what we see there, there are three aspects to it. Similarly, here also, there is pure consciousness. And then there is um, uh, maya. And what you see is, um, is the together, maya and pure consciousness together. So there is pure consciousness, the upadhi maya, and pure consciousness plus maya, which is um, the saguna brahman. Now, the thing is, in that example, you cannot dismiss the ball. But uh, in the case of maya and brahman, you can actually dismiss maya and all the products. Remember, go back to the very beginning. Vastu satchidananda madhvayam brahma. Only brahman is the reality. From maya downwards, everything is an appearance. 
So um, we have to, in this, uh, in this experience of the universe, you have to see what is the one underlying reality. So which is Nirguna Brahman. Because of Maya, it appears to be Saguna Brahman. And because of Saguna Brahman, it appears to be all this. Yeah, it was also said that uh, Nirguna Brahman is the implied meaning. Yes. So if you take that as an implied meaning, then that's fine. And I think that's yes. where we are getting ultimate. We are going, going towards the implied meaning. We have to catch the implied meaning. The implied meaning is the actual meaning. And the what direct, is the direct meaning is... The direct, the direct meaning of Tat is Saguna Brahman. The direct meaning of Tvam is you, the person, Shravani. More precisely, the direct meaning of Tat is... Um, I mean, if I give the exact definition according to uh, Vedanta Sara, the direct meaning of Tat is Maya Upahita Chaitanya. Consciousness limited by Maya. The direct meaning of Tvam, Tau, is Agyana Upahita Chaitanya. Consciousness limited by ignorance. After ignorance comes subtle body, gross body, and then it becomes Shravani or Sarvapriyananda. Uh, or all of it together, Ishwara, um, Hiranyagarbha, Virat. Yeah. But so, in reality, it is consciousness only. Yeah, I was just trying to see, is, is, is it kind of, is, is it mapping like uh, from, uh, we start from the direct meaning, the three stages, and then we ultimately go to the implied meaning? The Correct. Stages, is it, that it, is if you map it, you will see it, it maps very beautifully. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll look at it later on when we finish this uh, implied meaning and come to the conclusion of that Dao art. Then we will see all that we learned earlier, Adhyaropa Apavad, the superimposition, desuperimposition. How does it all map? Yeah. How do you apply it all? And then you have to understand it. And after understanding, you have to meditate upon it. In, this meditation, in the meditations, you will see that understanding becomes very clear. It's just, it seems to be matter of fact. The whole thing is an appearance in consciousness. Thank you, Maharaj. Yes. All right, then. Let's end here. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ramakrishna Rupa Namastu